I'm excited for today. I have been. Uh, Wednesday, I figured out what I was going to speak on. Yeah, ever since then, I've just been really excited. Everything's been going on and figuring stuff out and whatever's been happening. I've just been excited because I've been chewing on this all week. And uh, man, I just I like to have fun. I think I'm a funny guy. Uh, my dad's a funny guy. My brother's a funny guy, both of them. And, uh, you know, my dad says, looks aren't everything, but I disagree. I think, I think I got a good thing going for me. Uh, well, I was talking to TJ, and we were, we were kind of discussing what's going on, and I was talking a little bit about the Bible, and I, I asked him, I said, do you ever think people, like, looked at Jesus, and they're just like, man, I sure hope this Messiah thing works out for him, because he's a crappy carpenter, you know? I'm sure I'm glad he, he healed my son, but my cabinets suck. And if you did not like that, whoa, oh boy. It's okay. I want you guys to turn with me to, uh, let's go to Luke. Luke 15. And I'm going to continue on with the Lost series that my dad's been talking about. And I love what he's been doing with, the, with an older son and how he talks about his, his motives and where his heart's at. And it's not after what God's heart's after, but it's after his his uh, benefits from that. And I love that. And I want to kind of focus on the younger son and how the younger son, what, what he's been doing. And I'm just going to talk to you guys. I just want to, I just, I like to talk, you know, in, uh, in school, it'd be, yeah, Stephen is an awesome student. He talks a lot. It's just, it is what it is. And there's no way to get around that. I told my mom many times, I'm just, I, I have to talk, but I just want to talk. And I want to, I want to talk about this kid and, and what is, what his mindset, what it, and what he was going through, and so it just says. I mean, there was there was a man. He had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, "Father, give me my share of the estate." So he divided this property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had. He set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went off, hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like the one of your hired men. We can stop right there, and I just want to talk about this kid. And I, want, and I thought about it, I was reading it, and I was wondering, I said, where, when did he ever get to a spot where he said, man, what I have, what my dad has for me right now, and where he's, his plans for me, man, I can do better than that. Man, I can, I can go out here, and, and yeah, he has, I mean, it, it looks to be, man, this guy's a wealthy guy. My dad is a wealthy man, but, but I can do better. I can take my little thing, my little share from him, and I can go out and I can multiply that. And, and anything he had for me, I can do better. And anything that he's given me, I could get more of. And I, and I wonder, man, why do, why do we get to that point? How do we get to that spot? Man, as Christians, as, as we walk throughout, man, where do, when do we ever sit down and say, man, I could do better? Because we can't. And so he went out and he got his share. And he, said, I mean, he told his dad, hey, give me, give me what you got. And one thing that I love is, is the father stood there and he said nothing. I Man, you can look in any Bible and any translation, and the father never said anything. The father stood there in silence. And he gave him, he divided his estate, and he gave it to his kid. And I wonder, I said, why? Why? Why would you not say anything to him? Why would you not try and stop him from going out and ruining his life? 
Because I know my dad, when I say, hey, give me my cash, give me the car, I'm leaving. No. There's <laughs> really not much more conversation than that. I don't, I don't get, you know what I mean? Because and, and, and my dad cares for me, he loves me, and he knows more than I do. And I have come to the realization of that. Yes. We could end right there and <laughs> we just say a little prayer. But, but I mean, I don't get it. And, and I was reading, and I was like, God, why would, you not, why would he not say anything? And if his father would have said anything, it would have closed the door for his son to come back. And, that, and that's just the bottom line. I mean, if I told my dad, hey, I'm going to go, and he says, no, see, you don't have a better way, and I found out it wasn't better, and I left, man, I wouldn't want to come back. Because the way my dad tried to help me, I don't think it fit me. So I, it would close the door. But the father stood there in silence. And it opened the door and kept it open for his son to come back. And so he leaves and he's going out and he's, he's living the dream. He's living life and he's bawling out. And, and he loses everything. And that's where Christians get. I can do better. I can get more. And they go and they lose everything. Every single time. And you can't, I, you can't argue with me more. You can't persuade me or sway me to say that, that what you're doing is better than what God has for you originally or, or, or what you have is, is better than what God has for you. You can't, you can't do that because at some point, man, you're going to lose it. And he went out and he lost everything. And what's crazy is as soon as we get to that spot, it says that he went out and he hired himself out. Man, he went to work. And what do Christians do? Man, I'm saved by grace, but geez, the sin I'm in and the spot that I'm at right now, I better work to get myself out of it. And that's the opposite of the gospel of God. That's the opposite of what Jesus did for us. When we're saved by grace, and there's nothing we could ever do to, to be in a position to where we can't come back to, to God. There's no, nowhere, no, you can't go far enough. You can't get into something deep enough to where God's not, to where you're, you're unable, you cut off. You going back to the Father. I remember I, I have a best friend. His name's Casey. And uh, I've known him since kindergarten. And he's getting married this weekend. So that's, or next weekend. So that's pretty exciting. But I remember there was this time and we were younger. And uh, we'd hang out almost every day of every summer. And uh, we were watching his little sister. And we were like, I don't know, middle school, like 13, 12. And we, were, we, were, we had the house ourselves, you know. And uh, his mom told us, he said, hey, well, I want you to take Shawnee to the park. And so we're like, yeah, well, we'll take Shawnee to the park. And we had this, like, this, you know, we're going to protect her and, you know, let's get our bikes. Because if we're on bikes and it's just, like, cool and we'll escort her and we'll make her walk between us on our bike. And it just looked good. It looked cool. So, so we did. We escorted her to the park and we're playing. And it's great. And uh, there's, a, a, like, I think there's, like, two other guys. And they're off of another set of toys. And somehow it was like, I don't know if they heard us talking and laughing or whatever, but they started yelling at us, and, and we're standing there, and, and they're calling us names, and, I, and out of nowhere, Casey just goes, shut up! And I was like, yeah, okay, Casey. <laughs> Woo, you tell him. And they kept going back and forth, and he said, shut up! And I was like, yeah, we're going to tell them. They started walking towards us, and I was like, what? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and when I get scared, I, I sometimes get emotional. I... Uh, you know, you may cry, I may cry, I may yell, scream, I don't know. I just look at, look at Casey and I said, why would you yell at them if you don't even know who they are, you know? And, but they got closer and closer, and so I had to, had to man up. We're, we're protecting Shel- or Shawnee, so I 
you know, stretch your shoulders out a little bit, get ready, because you don't know what's going to happen. And so there's some that start, like, calling us names, and, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I, out of this whole thing, it ended up being me and this one kid. And he, like, wanted to fight me. And I was like, no, 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 he said shut up. I'm protecting Shawnee. When he, in reality, he was the one that was yelling at you. So, but no, he just like wanted to square off with me, and I was like, "All right, let's let's do this. I'll, I'll fight you." And and it turned into like this push battle. I mean, we're like pushing each other, and like he would miss me. And I was like, "Yeah, I got moves." And and then somehow I tripped over a bike that we brought, whoever's idea that was, and fell backwards. And and I got up, and it turned into this like couple seconds of fist fighting. And and the next thing I know, they were gone. I was like, hey, "Casey, we got them. We did it." He's like, Stephen, you didn't even hit anybody, you know, and it's a victory in my book, Casey, and that's how it's going to be. But I knew growing up, me and my brothers, we fought all the time, and it was not, it was frowned upon. You don't fight, you know, there's other ways around that. And so I knew at some point, I don't know where, where I went to think of this, I was like, crap, I got to tell my dad, I just got in a fight. When, if I would never would have said anything, he would have never known. I mean, never known. But I, but I was like, God, i got to tell my dad i got to fight. And I went back and forth, and I was like, shoot, what is he going to be so mad at me? I'm, I might get spanked. I might not get to hang out with Casey anymore. This is, this is going to be the worst summer ever. And, but I never, it never came to my head that, oh, geez, I better, I better live with Casey for a while. See, <laughs> I better go get all my money first. All six dollars in piggy bank, and we're gonna move out and live with Casey. And at some point, better get a job and start working to work my way up in society, so that one day I can come back to my dad and say, "Hey, I, I made it. I, I, I'm a man now, and I, I, I came out of that." I never did that because I knew I could. I, I just had to go tell my dad, so I did, and he, he laughed. I wasn't in trouble. He just laughed at me in front of all my family. There was nothing to. But that's where Christians are. That's what they do. Man, I'm, I'm in this, and I can't get out of it. And crap, if, man, God's not going to love me anymore, and he's not going to do this. Or Man, they, they work themselves, and their mindset is, man, I can't go back to God. And you can. You can. I mean, it is. It is what it is. You can always go back to God. And, and then it says, he realized, he came to his senses, and the son said, I must go back to my father's house. He made a decision, where, which I believe that most Christians stay in every, for long periods of time. I believe they come to a spot where they realize, man, I've squandered all that I've had. I've gone away from God. I know it. I've lost time. and I've lost money. I've lost all these resources. I've, I've wasted a lot of my life. I know I've got to go back, but, man, a lot of them don't make the decision to. And, and, and that's one of the things is he made a decision. And it says he got up and he went. I think most Christians are stuck in that place, and all they've got to do is they've got to get up and go. I think they've come to the realization that, oh, well, I know I need God, and I know I need what he has for me, but a lot of people don't get up and go. And, and, and I was thinking about it. I went to youth camp the beginning of this week. I was there for the, for the last night of it. I left the church around 1, and I drove up, and I was driving all day to Spokane. And uh, I, get, I get lost because camp's somewhere and it doesn't read on your phone i mean i made it but you had to go farther so i was like lost for like 20 minutes i didn't fi- couldn't figure it out and i realized i just had to go like another mile and i would be there so I-, I showed up and it was like a ghost town there's cars but there's no kids 
I'm like looking for everybody and, and no one's like seeing me. I figure I drive in circles a couple times in the parking lot and someone would come out. Obviously he's lost. No one came out. And then when, I, when, I, when people started coming out, I realized, oh, they had dinner. So I missed dinner. And that was a bummer because I was hungry. I hadn't eaten all day. All day. And uh, so I said, it's fine. One of the best parts about camp is snack time. And there's always snacks after services. I said, it'll be cool. I'll fast until for the service. And after service, I'll, I'll get a good snack. And that's not why I go to camp, but it plays a big part in my decision. You know, who's going to, what kind of snacks are we going to have? Just wondering. So that's what we did. So I waited through the service. It was a four and a half hour service. It was a great service, but it was four and a half hours. I was hungry. And I said, you know what? I'm sure there's a gas station somewhere. I don't need the snack they got. I'm going to go get something better. So I said, TJ, get in the car. Grab a, let's grab a friend. We grabbed a buddy. So we're going to go to the gas station. We're going to get a snack. So we did. I said, how far is the nearest gas station? He says, it's like five miles down the road. I went there last night. I said, perfect. He went there last night? It's a, it's a guarantee. It was like 10 miles. So one, I'm already upset because it wasn't as close as he said it was. And then the next thing, you know, it was, it was closed. It was a closed gas station. And I was, it was, it sucked. But it's okay, we found a map, and I said, look, look, look on the map, there's bound to be other gas stations out here. So we did. We looked. And we found the closest one, and they said, Stephen, take us home, we're not going there. I said, no, I, that, no, we're going to go, we can make it to this gas station. It's like midnight. I said, we're going to go to this gas station, they said, Stephen, take us home. I said, fine. So we drove back to the camp, and I didn't get out of the car. I said, give me the money. I'm going to go get this. And they said, Stephen, you're going to drive like all night to get here. You just, there's snacks here. I said, nope, I'm going to go get my own thing. I'm going to go get something better. So I did. I got in the car. 30 miles down the road, I find out that the gas station is closed as well. <laughs> I came to a decision. I came to a point. I said, I got to make a decision. I could keep going, Seattle or something, and find a gas station. Because <laughs> that's really how bad it was. Or I could realize I maybe messed up, spent a lot of my time, at this point it's like 12.45, a lot of my time, a lot of my money, and gas, and I could turn around and, and go back and figure something out, and, or I could keep going. So I turned around, I went back. It's a long drive back, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I wanted, someone mentioned a beef sub, and that's what I was, my heart was set on, but I didn't get it. But I went back and, and, I, and I got a Diet Coke, out of a, they had vending machines, little to know. And I went to bed. And that's where most Christians are at. And they're at that spot where it's like, man, I could turn around or I could keep going. I could keep going on this path and I could keep trying to figure out where I, what, where I, you know, what I, exactly what I want is at. Or I could turn around and go back to, to what God has for me. Or I could, I could stay here and, and, and get exactly what God needs and, and come to the conclusion that, man, God's got everything I need. And I think, you know, that's just, that's where we're at. And, and then in verse 20, you read about the love of a father. You know, I love it. He got up and he went to his father. But while it was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for, for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And that's the love of God. That's what I love. I love talking about the love of God. I love talking about the, the, 
the unconditional love of God. And if you turn with me, I want to go to Mark 15. And I want the, the musicians to come back up. And here is it's the story of Jesus Christ, and he's, going, and he's going to the cross. And he's on trial right now. And we're, and we're reading through the story, and it's a beautiful story of, of, of Jesus and, and, and what he did for us. And, and there's an interruption, and there's a man named Barabbas. And it's like, why? Who is this? And I didn't get it because I'm reading through it. And I'll, read it I'll come upon this guy named Barabbas, and it, it confused me. And why is he interrupting the story of Jesus? And so and it's like, who is Barabbas? Well, Barabbas was a, was a, a murderer, a leader of, a, of an insurrection, like a gang. He's a thug. He's a crook. He's a thief. And you have Pilate, and he's standing on this, on this stage, and in his left hand he has Barabbas, the thief and the thug and the murderer, and on his right hand he has Jesus, the Son of God. And it's, and it's like it's almost it's not fair. You have the Son of God who, who what is he? He's loved, and he's, and he's opened blind eyes, and he's healed the sick, and on your right and on your left hand, you have Barabbas. He's a murderer. It's not fair. I mean, Barabbas, he deserves the chains. He deserves to be murdered. Not, not Jesus. Not, not the Son of God. And so it says, and so Pilate says, he says, who do you want? It says, they said, give us Barabbas. Pilate, why? He doesn't, he doesn't understand. Why do you want? They said, give us Barabbas. So they come up and they, they unchain Barabbas. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I don't get it. One, it's not fair, but why would Jesus not say anything? It says Jesus stood there silently. And, and then you think about that father who stood there silently as his son walked away. Jesus stood there in silence and didn't say anything. Why? Well, Jesus knew the will of the father. Jesus knew that God had to treat Jesus like Barabbas so that he could treat Barabbas like Jesus. And Barabbas is walking down those steps and you can only think he's sitting there, yeah, I'm the man. The people love me. And the people set me free. And Jesus, no. Jesus knows. It wasn't the people that set Barabbas free. It was the love. It was the love of God that set Barabbas free. And so you sit there and you think about it and you say, who is this Barabbas? And I'm Barabbas. You were Barabbas. We're in these chains of bondage and this sin. And Jesus is standing there saying, not saying anything. Waiting for you to get your chains taken off, but yet for some reason stand on that place and they come to take your chains off and you, you grab them and you say, no, I'll keep them. Jesus is there saying, son, I'll take your chains. And, and, and it's, it's crazy to me that we could ever think that, oh, I'm saved by grace, but now I'm in the spot and I have to work and, and shake myself to get out of this place. And Jesus is saying, stop. It's the opposite of the gospel of God. That's not what I died for. You'd have to use works and good deeds to get yourself to a righteous place with me. Saying I stood there silently while they took or tried to take your chains off. 
And, and, and I believe that our greatest challenge in life isn't our devotion. It's not, it's not my, my discipline or my focus. I think our greatest challenge is believing in the full, true gospel of God. Could there be a love that's so deep, so wide, vast, so high, so inclusive, so scandalous, so accepting, that he would die for the man who would walk down that, those steps after being let free, who never once turned back and said, Jesus, I owe you my life for you to set me free. Not once does it say Barabbas turned back to God and, and, and asked for forgiveness and said, Lord, remember me. No. Barabbas is forgotten. You don't hear about him anymore. Could there be a love that would come and die for a man who would never accept that? Who would never come and turn back? Who would never come back to the realization that, that God's love is enough? And that's where we're at. That's where you're at. Is God, could there be a love? God, I don't deserve this. It's okay. Give me your chains. But God, what if I do it again? Hey, I'll be there. It's okay. And if you think for a second that your own devotion, your own discipline could ever get you out of that marriage problem, you're wrong. Because the matter of the fact is we are not strong enough to stand up against the powers of hell. But one man is who stood there silently and walked with the cross on his back to be murdered. Even for the guy that would never turn around. And so that's what I want to ask you. Are you bound? Are there chains that you're, you're dealing with? Because the bottom line is you can't save your own marriage. You can't heal your own body. You can't set yourself free. But the love can. And so with, with every eye closed and all heads bowed, I want to ask you, are you bound? Are you in this place that I can do it? Are you in this place of, I know what I got. Because Jesus is sitting here, he's waiting and saying, I'm ready. I'm ready. 